This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Let's focus a little bit on Pink Shirt Day. We had uh, spoken to our contributor, Jerry Mayer Judson, uh, at 335. Uh, Jerry was uh, at uh, London Drugs, one of our strong supporters. Now, Pink uh, Shirt Day was started by Grave 12 uh, Nova Scotia students David Shepard and Travis uh, Price, who wanted to show their solidarity for a victim of bullying who was targeted in part for wearing a pink shirt. Uh, That initial show of solidarity has been recognized uh, as a day of action in Canada since 2007 and was adopted in New Zealand in 2009 as well. Uh, We are certainly uh, proud supporters of Pink Shirt Day, as as our good friends over at Global BC are as well. But one of the uh, instrumental individuals uh, who got behind Pink Shirt Day was a former host here uh, who (laughs) went on and did uh, great things as Premier of British Columbia as well. She joins us now. Christy, welcome. Hey, nice to be back, Jess. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Christy Clark, of course, our former Premier uh, host here, uh, cabinet minister as well. Um, when you first heard uh, of this Pink Shirt Day and the events that occurred, what sort of motivated you to get behind this particular cause? I read about it in the Globe and Mail about these kids at this school in Nova Scotia. It was just, a, you know, it was a story buried in the newspaper one day. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I'd been hearing about bullying on my show. I'd been, you know, open line, people phoning in. I talked about it a little bit on my show. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was this story of this woman phoned up and she said, Christy, I am in my 90s. And the thing, the worst thing that's ever happened to me and something I will never forget is this instance of bullying. And I said, how old were you then? She was like seven years old. and. That It really stuck with me because you realize how resonant bullying is for people, how hard it is for people to get over the sense of injustice, the shame of it. The, and so I, then I read the story in The Globe and I'm like, you know what? This doesn't have to be just at one school in Nova Scotia. We can make this a big thing across the country. And you are not giving CKNW enough credit in mm-hmm. this because I walked down the hall and I went to Ian Koenigsfest and to Tom Plasteris and I said, you know, I have this idea. I'm not sure if it would really work, but what if we did a pink shirt day in BC? They were both like all over it. And right. then we spent a month programming. Mm-hmm. Thank you, CKNW. Mm-hmm. They found tons of sponsors for it. The phone wouldn't stop ringing. And then our first pink shirt day, I walk into work and every newspaper has the front page is pink. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. And, you know, that's the power of this radio station, but it is also the power of the issue and how much people feel it and how resonant it is. It's interesting. I I think sometimes when you think of, when you think of bullying, you you sort of slough it off as those are the school years or high school years, whatever it may be. But you raise a very good point. That stays within an individual forever and can shape an individual Mm -hmm. as an adult. Can't it? It can, absolutely. And, you know, pe- that's, people remember that forever. And it's just something that's really hard to get over. And the thing that I realized is that most people have experienced bullying. Or if not, and if not them, they have a child 
or a sibling who experienced it and they've seen the damage that it does. It's such a common problem and it goes unaddressed. And the thing that drove me crazy when I was doing this all the time, Jazz, was Mm -hmm. having people phone in and go, for goodness sake, Christy, like what doesn't kill you makes you tougher. You know, people need to go through some tough stuff. They need to be called a few names and that'll only make them stronger in the end. And what I realized through the work on this that we've done, we did over the years is it doesn't make people stronger. It damages people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, a lot of this is about awareness. And I think that's really important. I see that in my own son when he was growing up in elementary school, talking about bullying with his class. And I mean, there was a broader conversation, which I was very happy about because we didn't do that myself growing up, of course. So that's a wonderful thing. But I, I guess the conversation, uh, the question I want to ask you is awareness is one thing. The other should be a call for action. How do we deal with that? Is, I mean, should there be greater accountability demanded by teachers and principals in schools? Should we be demanding more from parents? Where do we go from here? Well, I think I have to give full credit to schools and educators, teachers, in the work that they've done around this, in educating classes, they've really brought it into the schools, and they schools have really embraced it. I mean, when I was when I became premier, we we brought in specific anti-bullying lots of curriculum mm-hmm. um, into the schools, but um, I, it, it's also been parents. You know, I think parents are just more maybe more involved in their kids' education than our parents were, yeah, that's true. That's and true. I think is um, and kids are. I think most important in this in that they are accepting responsibility not to be bystanders. And really, to me, that's probably the most important form of of action that all of us can take. If you see somebody being bullied, you need to step in. You need to say something. You need to call it out because bullies operate, the energy that they get is from the silence and implicit acceptance of those around them. Mm -hmm. When that acceptance is withdrawn and it's quite explicit that what they're doing isn't acceptable anymore. Mm-hmm. Bullies find themselves going out of business pretty quick. Yeah. Now there's that the traditional bullying that people would do person to person. It is now exacerbated by social media, uh, directly, indirectly. Kids are also uh, in schools with uh, cell phones. Uh, we spent a lot of time on this show talking about this growing movement in the United States. I think there's over 900 school districts now in the U.S. that are part of a class action lawsuits. We've actually talked to the senior lawyers who are part of that class action suit in the U.S. I mean, they're basically these lawyers that we used to focus on big tobacco, asbestos, are now focusing on social media companies. And it's bullying may not be the number one issue, but it is damaging our kids in regards to da- bullying being part of it, but it's online bullying. Uh, I know you don't want to – generally, premiers don't comment on other premiers and their policies and governments and policies – Uh, But in regards to what you're seeing across the U.S. with lawsuits, governments now talking about potentially bringing in legislation, government here in British Columbia doing the same, what are your thoughts broadly on on this issue? Well, I would say we do need to do more about what's going on online. The Kind of the Wild West era, I think, has to end. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have to protect, we have to find ways to protect kids. So I don't know if all of the current legislation that's proposed is going to work as expected or going to do what we hope it will do. But I'm glad people are thinking about it, talking about it, trying to do something, Mm -hmm. because we can't just let our kids grow up in this completely uncurated environment where they're exposed to all this potential harm. I mean, you're a parent, I'm a parent, lots of people listening are parents. We know our job is to protect our children from Mm -hmm. harm. Mm -hmm. 
And it's so hard to do with the internet out there today. So I'm glad people are thinking about taking steps on this. I don't know if it's all going to work. Mm-hmm. We're going to, it's going to probably be a, you know, a rocky, uncertain pathway to get there. But I think we need to do more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We are speaking to former Premier Christy Clark. We're talking about uh, Pink Shirt Day. Pink Shirt Day, of course, started uh, by grade 12 Nova Scotia students David Shepard and Travis Price, who wanted to show their solidarity for a victim of bullying who was targeted in part for wearing a pink shirt. Of course, uh, this day has also been adopted uh, in New Zealand in 2009, recognized as a day of action uh, here in Canada in 2007. Uh, if you can donate, please do so. Join us at pinkshirtday.ca. Uh, Christy, one of the other things um, that I find interesting, we're talking about kids and bullying, but let's talk about adults just for a second. Okay. Well. I think I know where this is I going, know. Jazz. The reason I was saying that, it was, I was uh, before we went on air, a question period was on at the provincial legislature, and uh, one of our young producers uh, was mentioning, look at those guys going at each other, bullying each other. And it was, you know, and, and I take that with a grain of salt because, hey, I was there at one point, but, and, it, and it is... It's meant to be confrontational. That's what question period is. Uh, and sometimes people get confused by that. They think we don't like each other. And, and we agree in the hallways. and We may disagree on certain parts of policies. But, but that's the nature of it. But generally, people believe politics has become much more vitriolic, um, much more confrontational. Um, is this the, just a phase of polarization in your mind? Or do you think this is a deeper societal issue here in regards to <laughs> bullying with adults as well? Well, okay. So on the question period thing, yeah. I always think of it like hockey. You know, hockey yeah. play, great Canadian, hockey players get on the ice. Sometimes they mix it up. They get off the ice. It's no problem. Yeah. And question period really is sort of in that realm to me, right? It's a yeah. bit of theater and, you know, and you see tons of politicians who fight like cats and dogs and you know this, Jazz, because you were one of them. Yeah. You were at, you were one of the very best in question period, but you know, you didn't hate those guys and they didn't hate you, no, right? No, I would, so. I would literally would write notes to some of them and crack a joke <laughs> and then the page would drop them up and, you know, and I'll say it, the premier would laugh. This is stuff you don't see on camera. Yeah, he would laugh yeah. or he would send me something or Mike yeah. Farnworth. So, but we would go at it and the cameras would see two people going at That's it. That's right. But it is, I mean, d- d- there is something different now, isn't it, in regards to our polarized yeah, politics? Yeah, I do. Well, you know... I And I really regret the way this direction Canada's gone in because, mm-hmm. I mean, you see it in the United States, right? It's where it all began. It's been so divided. Trump got elected and then there was the Trump derangement syndrome on the left. And then on the left, you know, it made Trump stronger. And then, I mean, it's just been terrible, right? Mm-hmm. In Canada, we only survive as a country when we are united. I mean... British Columbia needs to know how much we need Ontario and Quebec needs to understand how much they need Alberta. And I mean, and we have had a long tradition of federal politicians who have been talking about how we share things in common. We don't have that now, Jazz. I mean, it's heartbreaking. We see the prime minister, you know, really setting central Canada against the West. We see the federal conservatives super negative really divisive campaign as well, I think most people would argue. And I just think, 
I don't know how Canada is going to survive in that environment. And I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's a natural outcome of social media or anything like that. I think it's a terrible strategy on behalf of both party leaders that they're taking on at great risk to the unity of this country. And I think we should all worry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, I was listening to uh, some analyst uh, in, uh, amongst Republicans, actually a, a former uh, uh, senator, and they had asked now retired, said, well, when, how do we get past, when do you think we're going to get past polarization? <laughs> this is the Republican Party, keep in mind. He said, I think 2032, it should be okay by then. But this is how far down we're talking about, because yeah. you got an election this year, uh, huge support within the Republicans, certainly amongst the base uh, of by for Donald Trump. And he certainly has changed. Um, how do we get beyond this? If you say Canada is about, you know, making sure, understanding how connected we are, how do we get beyond that here? Well, I think we need to, I think we need to elect different people. I mean, I really, I really, and I don't think that the divisiveness reflects the views of most Canadians. No doubt there are a lot of Canadians who are looking at that and saying, yeah, I feel that way too. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I think what most people care about is economic growth, low taxes, bigger paychecks, a healthcare system that works, and remembering that we do share things in common. I always tell people, you know, because I spend more time in the States now for work and things like that. You know, Americans look pretty divided, but they have a lot that binds them together, a constitution that they all love to fight about all the time. They have great historical figures like Abraham Lincoln that they all rally around. They have tons of things that knit them together in their history, including a revolutionary war. Yeah. We don't have many of those things in Canada that bind us together. And so the thing that really that we need are leaders who remind us of the things that we share in common. And you know, that's been missing in our Canadian dialogue for you know, 5 maybe 10 years now. We need to get it back. We need to find a way back there. Yeah, we take it for granted it's easy to keep a country together with only 40 million people stretched over five time zones. That's yeah, right. right. It's And we're from all over different countries in the world, which is fantastic. But one of the great projects of Canada is to create a new country every day. And part of that is reminding us of why Canada matters and why the values of Canada matter to each of us. And so those, those commonalities... Um, again, it's a teachable moment for every new person that comes in the country. And I think a lot of people get here nowadays and look around and go, so what's Canada about? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Christy, uh, absolutely great to chat with you. Thank you so much for your time today. I love seeing you, Jazz. I love being back here at NW. (laughs) That's great. That is Christy Clark, former Premier of BC, of course, who spearheaded Pink Shirt Day during her time here at CKNW. Reminder, of course, let's lift each other up this Pink Shirt Day and all year round. Uh, You can donate uh, by uh, going to our website, pinkshirtday.ca. That's pinkshirtday.ca. 